This is Yolanda Robbins, your host of the Paris Property Chronicles. In this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles, my guest is Michael Edelstein, born in the USA, with American, French, and Swiss citizenship. He and his French husband, Stefan, split their time between France and Switzerland. Michael and Stefan have purchased and renovated properties in Paris and on the French coast in Brittany. Let's hear the next property destination which awaits this international couple. Michael, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles. Um, You and I have known each other for a long time, but can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and what sparked your move to Paris? Sure. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here, Yolanda. Um, I, fairly early on uh, during uh, school, I was uh, forced to take French and Latin, probably from about 11 years old. Um, And so quite early, I felt fairly comfortable in French. Uh, And then during my studies, I had a couple of um, trips and stays in France uh, on an exchange student basis. Uh, And then also during university, um, I spent a little time at an interpreter school in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's true that I, I did have a, um, an affinity for languages and European culture fairly early on. Um, and so uh, once I had sort of finished my, my university study and moved around a little bit within the United States, I decided to take the leap and to uh, move to Paris in 1998. Now, just before moving, um, I worked in an Alliance Française, so a nonprofit French cultural center in San Francisco, California, for three years. So I was already, you know, in my professional life speaking more French than English. Uh, and um, so that was just before moving to Paris, as I say, in 1998. And when you moved to Paris in 1998, uh, you moved here to you relocated for work or just as a lifestyle change? As a lifestyle change. Um, I have to admit, I was a little bit fed up with American politics and, um, you know, an American approach uh, to certain daily, daily life uh, events. And I knew that I had an affinity, as I say, for for Europe and European culture. And I felt fairly comfortable in French. So Paris seemed to make sense as a a starting point to to come set up shop in Europe. Okay. So you met your now husband, Stefan, in France, in Paris. Indeed. Indeed. In in 2000. So a couple of years after arriving, um, I met Stefan on... August 2nd in the year 2000 and um, we have been together ever since. And when when did you purchase your first property and I presume you purchased it together you and Stefan? That's correct we purchased uh, an apartment in the 20th um, district in 2005 so that was just like a year before we we packed. In 2005 we bought a place that was pretty um, outside of the city center. 
Uh, it was a little bit larger than things that we were looking at that were in the first four arrondissements. Um, it was a little bit larger and there was a uh, balcony facing north and facing south. And that was a big draw. Um, we are plant fans. We, uh, we have green thumbs, we like to think. And so um, that allowed us to have our uh, flowers, geraniums, orange trees and everything. Um, and to, to have our little quote unquote garden uh, in the 20th in the form of our uh, balcony. Um, how large was the apartment and did it require any renovations? It did require renovations. Um, I don't remember the exact size. Um, I want to say it was maybe 70 square meters. So not huge, um, but you know, there was an, an extra bedroom. There was a big living room, an entrance, kitchen, separate um, bathroom and, uh, and uh, toilet. Uh, and as I say, the, the two balconies was a real um, seller for us. It did require renovations. Uh, initially, I tried to do these myself um, and that was okay, but it wasn't great. And so later on, um, I had a professional come and redo the renovations. Okay, and the type of renovations that you, I, I was involved somewhat in, in, in the- Indeed, indeed. So I remember you redid the bathroom. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you redo the kitchen? I can't remember. The kitchen, um, we didn't redo, uh, but we redid the floors. Um, there was a little cosmetic work done to the walls and to the ceilings, mm -hmm. um, but it was mostly what I recall, the hardwood floors that I had tried to do myself with a sander and with like a sort of black varnish mm -hmm. um, that I, I had redone uh, and it looked much better afterwards. And as you say, the bathroom, so the tile um, and the tub, well, I kept the tub, but the, the tile and the, the tub and everything um, we, we redid. And it was much more an efficient space and layout to have the bathtub and to have the washer um uh in there as well so that was your first entree into owning and m renovating we'll call it light renovations uh to a property in paris then your work changed and you're you're in banking and your husband is in fashion then you had a, a another lifestyle change that took you to switzerland correct yep so in um so after living in Paris for just under 10 years and working at what was first um, Banque Paribas, which later uh, merged with um, the BNP, so Banque Nationale de Paris. Um, so after working there for about uh, eight and a half years with no background in finance or um, economy, but um, but sort of being thrown into it and you know either sink or swim and um and happily i was able to swim uh so after working at bnp variva for eight and a half years i was um approached by a bank in geneva via a headhunter that was based in london um and uh so end of 2006 i moved to geneva to take a new position um, with a private bank here in geneva but you still kept your apartment in the 20th because you and Stefan split your time basically between Geneva and Paris. 
uh, but at some point you decided that while you were in Paris, you would prefer to be more central. Um, and then uh, you found an apartment in the center of town. Is that correct? Yes, with, with your um, expert advice and assistance. Yes, um, that's correct. What happened is when um, Stefan and I would come to Paris for a weekend or for a week vacation, um, our place in the 20th, as I mentioned, was kind of rather far outside of the city center. And the balcony that I mentioned being my garden quickly became a flower and plant graveyard. <laughs> so that was kind of sad and disheartening. And basically when I was coming, when Stefan and I were coming to Paris for a weekend, um, we, were do we were spending all our time cleaning because the apartment was dusty and it was, um, you know, as I said, a little bit bigger than what we have now. Uh, and, you know, it was disheartening to see all of these plants that I had so lovingly taken care of um, all dying and becoming, you know, bird's nests, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so it's true that in 2012, we decided to sell the apartment and it was actually somebody that worked for you that mm. assisted us with that sale. Um, and we simultaneously decided to purchase something that was much more central. So we left the 20th, 2-0, and we found something in the second, 0-2. Um, but I never, uh, look at that juxtaposition of numbers. That must be, yes. zero must be part of your lucky numbers. Okay. Yeah, zero and two, right? Um, and so, yes, if I recall correctly, in 2011, 2012, you very expertly uh, created a, a short list. I think that you did some research um, and you identified five potential, very, very suitable candidates of apartments for me and Steph. Um, and these were mostly in uh, the arrondissement, the central ones, one to four. I think that there was maybe one close to uh, République in the, it was either the 10th or the 11th, mm -hmm. um, but all very central, all great places. And it's true that I had a hard time, I had a hard time um, whittling down and figuring out which one I ultimately wanted to take. I think that you maybe had a little bit of, a, of, of an opinion on which one would be the most suitable. And ultimately I'm delighted with the one we chose. Uh, it's true that it required more than simply cosmetic um, renovation. It, it needed to be gutted and redone, kind of like, you know, the phoenix rising from its ashes and flames. Um, but yeah, the, the person, the, the company that you contracted with for the renovations, um, it took longer than we expected, but we were very, very, we were delighted with the results. So. And the results are actually still uh, stand the test of time. Um, I'm very, totally. very familiar with the apartment and the location in which you bought it just south of the Sentier, um, the appreciation of properties in, in that location in the Montalgoy district have uh, appreciated significantly. It's also helpful for when you do come to Paris. So it's easier for you to access. Um, oh, yes. Mm -hmm, to be in the same when we come to Paris, uh, you know, so we have a, um, 
a city center train station here in Geneva called uh, Cornavant. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we arrive at a city center train station, Gare de Lyon, and we take a Vélib. We go down Rue de Rivoli, which is um, now reserved to uh, bicycles and to taxis, um, which I'm delighted about, I have to say. And so, you know, it's just a 15, 20 minute straight shot from Gare de Lyon to uh, Rue du Louvre, mm -hmm. and then we're home, basically. That's great. Um, then, after some time thereafter, you decided to purchase a property in the on the Atlantic coast of France. Indeed. Yes. Can you share as to why you identified the Atlantic coast for for what reason? Well, yes. Um, I've been going to Brittany for about twenty years now, um, quite regularly. So. Um, a region called Finisterre, which basically means end of the of the earth. Mm -hmm. And that is where my better half is from. Mm -hmm. um, he was born in a place called Crozon, um, which is a peninsula. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where his parents live. He didn't actually grow up in uh, the, the town where we have a house, which is called Camaret. Mm -hmm. But um, that's where his parents live. His parents were both born in Camaret. And it's also, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very nice, nicely sized house. So when we're, when Stefan and I are not there, um, his family can go there as well. There is almost a nostalgic feel when I go to Camaret. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, I, I love to run. There are coastal paths and cliffs, dramatic cliffs. And so there are some great, as you know, there are some great hikes, there are some great places to run. And within like maybe two kilometers, there are five different beaches. So there's, there are beaches that are good to swim at, there are beaches that are good to play on the sand. Um, and so it is, you know, we're very, very, very happy. It's a, it's a place where I go where I feel healthy when I'm there. The, 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 the house that you and Stefan purchased required significant renovations. Yes. And once again, that was a project that was spearheaded and totally, totally managed by you with a, um, with a local, uh, I want to say Bruno, Bruno Gazan is, I consider him an architect. I think that the name of his company is uh, Modus. Uh, um, and I think it says like interior architecture. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah. I considered you the, the sort of head of the project with a local um, person that was what I was quite pleased about as well, that was that knew all of the local like artisans and was able to source everything totally, totally locally. So we were using local teams, uh, local woodworkers and local, you know, uh, tilers. And it was, I was quite pleased that you were able to oversee everything and you went uh, very regularly to do on-site visits, um, but that we were using local people to actually perform the tasks and to do the work. The, the, the transformation of the, the space was uh, astonishing. Um, uh, 
what, what drew you to it initially? Because I, uh, there, I must admit, there, there was a, a lot of work to do, um, but the results were, I mean, you, you certainly had a vision of, of, of what it could be. Um, was it proximity to the ports? Was it the fact that it was, uh, I mean, the, it, it, what happened was it turned into a, a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath home, sure home. It is, um, it's uh, breathtaking. The, the result is breathtaking. There's, you know, that's not hyperbole. It's not uh, an exaggeration at all. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful home. And even uh, the, there's a local agency that, that helps out with, um, with rentals and everything. And even the people from the agency who are local professionals who know local, the local market mm -hmm. are just um, astounded by how beautiful the, the, the house is. So um, the result is really, really, really spectacular. Um, and I have to say here, I was basically, um, I established a shortlist of two houses. And you may recall, there was one house that I referred to as the country house. Yes. And, and this one that I called the boat house. Mm -hmm. um, because when you walked into the one that we ultimately chose, I kind of felt like I was walking onto a boat. There was a little bit of a nautical theme going on in the house. Um, and, uh, and as you say, there's proximity to the port, proximity to the restaurants, the capri, the supermarkets. The country house was lovely, um, but the setup inside, that too would have required a lot of work. And there was a very, very, very big yard, big backyard with apple trees. There was basically an apple orchard in the backyard. And that would have been great had we been living there full time. But already I was just thinking, oh, who am I going to get to mow the lawn? Who am I going to get to, um, to pick up the apples from the, you know, from the ground so it doesn't rot? And uh, I was already thinking of the practical aspect of having a big backyard in a house where I don't reside full time. Um, and it seemed like it was going to become probably a logistic nightmare. That's, so, that's, that's something that's very important for our listeners to understand if, if it's a secondary residence where they're not gonna be spending all of their time uh, in the property for the moment. It's, it's more practical to have a, a property that is low maintenance, but still, yeah provide you all of your, your needs as a, as a gathering place for, for you and your family and your friends, which I must admit, I've done a, a few times with you in, yes. in, in this lovely place. Um, you now divide your time between France and Switzerland, uh, where you also own property. Would you envision branching out your property ownership to other countries? Yes, yes. Um, just to come back to what I said, I think that we need to spend time in places where we feel healthy. Uh, I feel healthy in Geneva. Um, we, you know, aside from work, uh, Stefan and I have a very active lifestyle. This morning we already played an hour of tennis and then I just swam three kilometers in the, the pool. So we're very, very healthy and active. And one place where I feel healthy as well is in the Canary Islands. So um, I am pretty comfortable with Spanish language 
and I like Spanish culture. And when we go to the Canary Islands, so we've been to um, Fuerteventura, we've been to Lanzarote, we've been to Gran Canaria, Tenerife, etc., etc. And when we go to the Canary Islands, um, there too, I feel healthy. There's a lot of swimming, hiking, running, um, and a lot of healthy food, um, coupled with Spanish culture, which is maybe a little bit more laid back than culture in some other European countries. Mm -hmm. And um, and so all of that makes me think that I would really like to have a little pied-à-terre in um, maybe Fuerteventura or in Lanzarote. Do do you still feel that way, given the the current, uh, 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 the, for lack of a better word, um, pandemic environment, uh, where there might be restrictions on travel between different countries, uh, whether that be Spain, France, Europe, Switzerland? Yes, I do think I do maintain that I would like to have a place, a small place in um, one of the Canary Islands. I would probably, as I say, prefer Fuerteventura or Lanzarote, which are a little bit less developed, a little bit less touristy. Um, and I think that the majority of the residents are actually Spanish citizens, especially in Fuerteventura. Mm -hmm. um, and where there is less development, you know, the population is not very dense. And it's basically, these islands are basically volcanic rocks, you know, set in the middle of the um, Atlantic Ocean. Mm. You know, they're, they're, they're not very far from North Africa, but they're still part of Europe. Um, and so, like, the, the climate is quite dry, quite breezy. Um, and it's usually between 20 and 25 degrees uh, Celsius for a good part of the year. So I do feel like the population, I mean, there have certainly been cases of the COVID virus in Spain, in, in Italy, in some of these, you know, Southern European countries, but I feel, um, I feel pretty secure about the Canary Islands. Okay. Um, you were born in the United States, but you also have citizenship uh, in France and I believe in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. So this would obviously facilitate you being able to travel between both of them. Um, how, how many languages do, do you speak? Well, I, I pretty much speak English. <laughs> and um, I feel comfortable in French and in Spanish. Um, I know a little bit of German, a little bit of Italian. It's good to speak a little bit of all of the, the national languages. Um, but yeah, just to, to come back, I think English, French, Spanish, I feel comfortable. German and Italian, I can function if need be. Okay. Um, just as some final closing thoughts, can you share with our listeners what you believe is important when you um, purchase and renovate a property? We'll, we'll, we'll stick with France for the moment because you've done it in a rural environment, but you've also done it in a metropolitan environment. And if, if uh, you have some words of wisdom for, our, wisdom for our listeners, when if they're interested to do the same. So you will be able to identify and, uh, and handle concerns, let's say from uh, an English speaking or an American clientele, 
and you'll also be able to navigate effectively within the French real estate legal notarial universe in order to, to make things go efficiently and, and painlessly. It, it's, all, it's also very important for um, our listeners to understand that it can be done at a distance. Both of, both of these projects, um, the, the Paris uh, property in which um, we worked together in, in finding the property and renovating the property, at the time you were living full-time in Switzerland. And the right. same thing for the, the, the property on the, the French coast. So it's also important to, for people to understand that it can be done at a distance if you find the, the right, as you said, partner um, uh, and, uh, and you have the right vision. Um, Michael, I want to thank you, you so much for joining us today. And, and who knows, maybe, maybe our next collaboration will be somewhere in, in Spain. I really, yes. <laughs> I really appreciate your time today. Thank you again for joining us. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. To view the transformation of Michael and Stefan's Paris and Brittany homes, please visit my website at www.parismacchimo.com. I'm Yolanda Robbins. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles. Property tailored for you.